Oh, cheers. <laughs> good morning. It's so good to be in Kalamazoo. We were in Toronto all week with uh, the Revival Alliance Conference and the 20th anniversary of the revival that began in Toronto years ago. 20 years ago, to be exact. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then we actually had like 13 people from New Day attend. And so we had a good slew of people. And um, we're actually going to offer prayer for anyone who's interested to receive what we got in Toronto. We've got some hands waving in excitement. Um, so the people who went to the conference are going to be up here. And you can come for prayer. And I really believe that you can actually receive through the spirit and impartation of what other people received. It's like yes. we got an object and we're going to give you the object. It's just invisible. Um, but it's something you can take, you know, you can use and, um, and bring with you. And also we, we saw Kirsten Lawrence uh, in uh, the school ministry. She just finished, got back from her outreach to Iceland. And she is here in Kalamazoo. I don't think she's here right now, but um, she will be here and um, like later today, I'm sure. You could probably see her during intersection, but she is back and we're so excited to have her back. It was awesome to see her there. She is adorable, and she's lit up with the Lord. <clears throat> so I'm just going to talk. Um, we're both talking about who God is as our Father, but I'm going to be talking about a couple aspects of who God is as, as Father to us. And um, the first one is, is about his love. And um, I'm going to be talking about how, how you can see that revealed in the Bible and then how it kind of affects us in our lives, in our relationship with him. Um, so I looked up the definition of love, and it was lame. Let me just tell you. <laughs> it said, <clears throat> an intense feeling of deep affection, a feeling of strong or constant affection for a person. And I just thought to myself, you know, that is a really weak version of who God is. Because the truth is, is that God is love. God is love. It says in uh, 1 John 4, 8 that he is love and everything he does is love. There is nothing that God can do that doesn't have love as the foundation, the motivation, the purpose of what he does. Love is who God is. It is, it is the fiber that, that makes him up. He is, he is love. He, he speaks. He does. He acts. He creates. And it's all about love. Every part of it. And, um, and so when I looked at that definition, I just thought, you know, affection is one part, but you know, there's however, how many of you have heard of the book of Four Loves by C.S. Lewis? I mean, there's four kinds of love revealed in the Bible alone. And there's, you could go on and on about each kind of those loves, you know? And, and there's so much to it. And, and that verse just came to mind in Ephesians 3, 14 um, through 21. There's, it's all about his love and who he is. But it talks about the height, the depth, the length, and the width of his love. I mean, the mass, the, the understanding of God's love is, is so hard to even understand. And you know, it talks about how he separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. And that, that separation of our sin is love in the middle. You know, I mean, there is no real 
ability to say with words what God's love really is. And it, it's actually hard to talk about it because it's like, <laughs> it, it, is, it is amazing. And it also says in that scripture that it passes knowledge. We can't even understand, which is why it's hard to describe, <laughs> because we, we can't comprehend. It passes knowledge. It's, it's beyond our minds. It's beyond our understanding. Um, and, and, and it says to be filled with the fullness. You know, there is a fullness that's in God's love. Wow. You know, so much of our life we spend not really realizing that we're a bit empty. But God's love fills. It fills. It expands. It, it you know, causes us to be who we are. Um, <clears throat> and it's powerful. In Romans 8, um, 39, it said that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. That's one of my favorite verses. I think about it often. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Which means that, we, you know, I can be separated from a lot of things in my life. I can be separated from Seth. I can be separated from my house, my car. I can be separated from my family. I can be separated from so many things, you know, through death even. But I cannot be separated by his love because his love is that powerful that nothing can separate you from Nothing can, can take it away from you. It can always be yours, the love of the Father. It's so powerful. And then it also casts out fear in 1 John 4. It talks about how his love... It completely does away with fear. It demolishes fear. And fear and love are in complete opposition of each other. They can have nothing to do with each other, oil and water. You know, there is no, there's no fear in love. And, and fear involves torment, it says. And love is the opposite of that. It involves peace. It involves joy. It involves everything that is good, who God is. So fear is incredibly powerful. And I was thinking about that scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 that talks all about love, you know. It talks about, you know, different aspects of what love does and what love is. And I just was thinking, that is God. So instead of saying love does all these things, God is patient. You know, God is kind. He does not envy. There's no, I mean, it says he's jealous, but that's not out of selfishness. And where it said, you know, love does not boast, love is not proud, all those things, God is not a self-seeking, kind of selfishly sinful person. He's the opposite of that. He is all about us. He's all about love. He's all about others. He's, he's about giving of his goodness to us. So it's all out of um, a right motivation. He does not dishonor. He only knows how to honor. He only honors. That's what love does. That's what God does. It's not self-seeking in any way. He's not in- easily angered. In another scripture, it says he's slow to anger. He keeps no record of our wrongs. Wow. He protects. He rejoices in truth. He rejoices in the truth about us. He always hopes. He always perseveres. And he does not fail. Wow. And that is who God is. 
next, actually in two weeks, Bill's going to be speaking about um, the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, and all about it. And it's a really good teaching. I'm excited for you to hear it. Um, but the basic summary in a quick version is that um, Jesus is telling this this parable, this story, <clears throat> and it's all about this father who has these two sons, and the younger son asks for his share of the inheritance, which at the time was uh, seriously offensive. And um, the father gives him his share. He packs up everything, the son, and he, he kind of goes off, and he spends everything he has on what, what the Bible says is prodigal living. Um, and so I looked that up, and um, it's, it's prodigal, being a prodigal or prodigal living is, is kind of lacking restraint. It's considered like morally wrong the connotation would be like kind of promiscuous sex and you know indulgent drinking and um living kind of in a degrading way um being recklessly wasteful careless and foolish you know all those things and so the son kind of sets off in in a sense in an act of rebellion and goes off and just kind of wastes away the entire inheritance that he's given um and also another description said um the, the idea of being a prodigal is a character of a man who cannot be saved. So very hopeless, like even that that person could be saved. <clears throat> but wherever, wherever the son was, there was a famine, and he was um, found himself in such bad shape, he was actually like feeding pigs for a job and was hungry and wished he could even eat what the pigs were eating. <laughs> and so he, it says in the Bible, he came to himself, kind of like woke up and realized, hey, I would be so much better back at my father's house if I just went. So he turns, and this is my favorite part, in Luke fifteen twenty. It says, he arose, he came to his father, and then it says, this is just so amazing, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What's so beautiful about that, just that sentence in itself, is that, you know, the son was so foolish. You know, he turned against his father. He decided to be apart from him. And, and the, the, at this point, the father doesn't even know his story. All he knows is that he left. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about what happened. He doesn't care about his story, the bad things he did. He, he, the son hadn't even asked for forgiveness at that point. He didn't have a chance to even say anything. And the father didn't even care what he smelled like. You know, he was in the pig's pen, you know, in, in a dirty place. And the father didn't care because, because the Bible says, and when he was still a long way off, you know, how many times do we just turn just for a moment to the Lord, just after, you know, maybe not really thinking about him or maybe going off and sinning or something, but we kind of just turn towards the Lord. And this says, when he was still a long way off, he saw him, he was filled with compassion, he ran to him. He ran to him. He comes to us so quickly when we turn to him, you know. And he fell on his neck. And he kissed him. He was so full of passion for his son. He was so full of just this unending love that just covered his son. He embraced him and kissed him. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. And, and how many of us find ourselves in places, or even in your life, you've found yourself in a place where you're far from God. You've figured out, wow, how have I done this? How have I parted and, and gone so far from God? 
And yet his love just completely wipes away all that we've done. And the rest of the story is really beautiful. You'll hear it from Bill. But the son is completely restored in every way possible. And that's what God does with us no matter what we do. You know, no, no matter what mistakes we make, no matter what amount of foolishness, the Lord just absolutely covers us. And the power of his love that we talked about was there for the son. So um, I've, I've actually found myself, you know, in my life being that prodigal daughter, you know. And the Lord completely rescued me and, and kind of brought me out of almost exact, just a reckless, careless lifestyle. And uh, I was so thankful later just realizing how, I mean, I felt like the Lord took me by the hand and just kind of pulled me out. And I, I definitely turned towards him. I mean, I can completely relate to the story. Um, and I, I, you know, maybe some of you do just in your life at some point where the Lord just rescued you. He does that so well. Um, and the next thing that I'm going to talk about is honor and, um, just how beautiful, you know, the Lord's honor is towards us. And, and I'm going to talk about it through the story of Gideon and Judges. Six is the story. It's a, it's a really, really amazing story. Um, Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, the Midianites, who were their enemy, were basically enabled to oppress them for a time where they would um, kind of take whatever they were. They had sowed crop or did some kind of farming or had, you know, sheep or goats or horses or whatever. And the Midianites would come no matter what they had and would just kind of take away from them and destroy their crops and just completely you know, oppress them, basically. And um, they were kind of finding themselves in dens and caves and, and, and strongholds to hide from the enemy. And whenever, um, whenever you know, they would hide, you know, they would be able, basically, to be safe for a bit. So, so Gideon is found, and he's threshing wheat. So they had some wheat. He was threshing it in the wine press, which was a place where he could hide. But what happens is an angel of the Lord shows up. And um, he basically speaks to Gideon and says, um, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And uh, that word mighty man of valor, that, the, the word valor means strength, might, efficiency, wealth, strength of an army. Um, or force. And, and what Gideon says, you know, he, the angel of the Lord lays out this plan. I want to use you to destroy this army that you're hiding from right now. And Gideon says, my clan is the weakest in my tribe and I am the weakest in my family. But, 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 you know, God lays out this plan. But, it, you know, just looking at that picture from a symbolic perspective, you know, how many of us in our life feel weak and many areas of our heart and in our life. And how many, how many times do you feel like you get so far? You get, you know, maybe some kind of victory or you get so far, but it just feels like the enemy just comes and steals away from that and then you're back to where you started. You know, and, or how many times do you feel like you're, you're kind of not fully yourself? You're not fully who you know that you are. There's something more inside of you, but you're not sure how to get it out there or to be free to be who you are. And there's a bit of you inside that's hiding. You know, there's part of our personalities or part of our um, giftings even. We're afraid to step out because every time we do, it feels like there's something that steals away from us feeling like we can actually overcome. You know, and um, Gideon, he just didn't know. 
that who he actually was was a man that could defeat the enemy with the Lord's help. He had no idea. But God did. And that's the power of honor, is that God looked past the wine press. He looked past the strongholds in the caves they were hiding in. He looked past the weakest man in this family, which was the weakest tribe in their, or weakest clan in their tribe. And he looked past all that and he saw the heart of Gideon and he said, you are actually as strong as an army. You are actually a man of strength and you have the power with my help to defeat the enemy that takes away from you for not just you, not just your clan, not just your tribe, but the entire nation of Israel. That's the power of the Lord. So, so um, in Isaiah 61, God is speaking to Israel and he says, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. So we have this sense of there's something wrong with me. You know, I am not good enough. But God says, oh, you will have double honor for that thing. Instead of feeling like you're less than, you are doubly more than in me. Because that's the power of the Father. And um, there's a, a definition of honor that I really like from the, the book The Gift of Honor by Gary Smalley and John Trent. And it says, honor is making a decision to put priceless value and worth for someone simply because they are made in the image of God and love is putting that honor into action and that's what God did with Gideon and how many of you can relate I mean I'm just saying I can relate with Gideon I can absolutely relate with Gideon feeling weak feeling like I'm not good enough there's something wrong with me and the Lord speaking to me and saying actually guess what I made you and you're going to defeat the enemy and it's going to completely annihilate the things that hold you back. So, so basically, with the power of love and with honor, the result then is freedom. Because what happened with Gideon is that he was set free to be who he really was. And he, just who he really was, with, mixed with the Lord's power, was able to defeat the entire enemy that was against his, his whole country. Like, think about the, the regional stronghold that that just completely wiped out from the power of God. The prodigal son was set free from his shame and his bad choices. In loving us and honoring us, God sets us free. Yes. Just let that soak in for a second. Oh, that's good. So our heart today is that the Holy Spirit will just reveal God's heart to every one of us. And you know, this church has a real heritage in the Father's love and, and, and understanding God as our Father. I think like we all would stand up and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that a thousand times before, right? We know, oh yeah, God's our Father. And even, there's, there's lots of verses in the Bible actually that surprise me sometimes about how God is our Father. And, you know, He's part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, but it's, an, it's important. And our, my desire is that all of us connect with that Spirit, that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to us the Father heart of God, His fathering. And that's difficult for a lot of us based on our human father relationships sometimes. Those relationships have been difficult. But God wants to push through that and push that away and reveal his heart to us. And so, um, 
I generally, as a person, uh, lean toward being more analytical, right? I'm an engineer. And so, like, engineers are very, like, sort of, well, I'm more mechanical and have, like, thought processes that are more left-brained and not nearly as creative and flow, kind of flowy, although God's been pulling that. How many of you guys can relate with me? Not guys, guys and gals. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's been amazing to me how God has taught me how to experience his love. And you know what I found? Everything that's valuable in our life is experienced. If you look at your relationships with people, if you look at the things that you value, relationships with your kids, your relationships with your spouse, your relationship with your friend, and, and our relationship with God is, is he's inviting us into an experiential relationship with him and that's where value is <clears throat> so i you know married sarah we've been married 13 years <laughs> and thank you yes very good i'm very happy about that um and so i started coming to this church and everyone's talking about the father's love and experiencing the father's love and i'm like my left brain is like what are you guys talking about I don't feel anything. I feel nothing. I am feeling nothing. Pray for me. There's, I've felt like there's something wrong with me, right? Because you can easily feel like there's something wrong with you. I'm telling you, if, you've, if you haven't, if you just haven't, you can't say, oh yeah, I've experienced God's love. I felt that. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> it's okay. But God, for all of us, is inviting us into something that's more. He's inviting the ones that have shaken on the ground because they've felt the physical presence of God and the ones that haven't felt God's presence at all physically. He's inviting all of us into more of His love and experiencing His love. So, I was, we were at a conference here. Um, a guy by the name of Peter Jackson. Not Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson. A different Peter Jackson. If he was here, that would have been cool. But uh, Peter Jackson was cool too. Um, actually, it was, it was an amazing evening because he just was talking about the Father's love. Just pouring out the Father's love. And, and uh, you know, he talked from a place of experience and gave examples. But I was like, okay, it's all hitting my head. It's all hitting my head, but it's not hitting my heart. I understand this intellectually. I mean, I understand the words that in jo you know, 1 John 3, 1, that says the Father has lavished His love on us. And lavishing is kind of like this crazy word of pouring out more than what we would ask for, more than what we would expect. Lavish. He lavishes His love on us. So intellectually, I understood that, but I didn't experience it. It wasn't connecting with my heart. I mean, ver you know, verses like in Luke 12, 32, Do not fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Like, yeah, I get that intellectually. God's given us the kingdom. I've read the Bible. I understand the words. What does it mean? How, is it, how does it happen in my life? How is that poured out in my life? I mean, there's so many verses that just talk about the Father. Psalm 68, A Father to the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in His holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely and He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. In Isaiah 9.6, He's the wonderful counselor, everlasting Father, 
who never leaves me or forsakes me. So uh, until these verses get past here and get to here, it, it, um, God's inviting us to, to do that, to have that go past our heads and into our hearts. So Peter Jackson's here speaking. He gets done. It's been hitting my head. I'm like, yes and amen, good stuff. Okay, I want to experience God's love. So like, he turned on, we'd turn on some music and people just kind of lay down and, and uh, soaked and just asked the Father to come. And as soon as I laid down, I just felt, I actually felt this physical weight on me. And I'm like, oh, this is different. <laughs> like, this is new. This is, this is good. I like this. Is this what they're talking about? <laughs> All those people that are talking about feelings things. And, and I just felt this peace overwhelm me. This peace just completely overwhelmed me. And, and, and then I just, I just started, like tears filled up my eyes and I just started crying. And it was just like this rest of God, the Father's love. He was just pouring it on me. And He was just smiling over me. And He was just, you know, God's spoken words to me. Uh, that, that moment triggered things and started things in my life. And, and since then, God's been speaking to me about... Um, not always just what I'm, what I'm doing wrong or what I should be doing better, but he's just talking with me about how much he loves me. And I think that that is a big transition for us, it, especially for the sort of analytical ones. Um, we've got this filter on our head that lets correction, direction, conviction, those types of things go into our head and lots of times in church, that's what we're talking about. This is a good behavior, this is a bad behavior. This is what we should do, this is what we shouldn't do, right? And so we've, we've actually been trained and programmed to only hear God, only feel God, when He's talking about something that we've done wrong, or something where we've messed up, or there's been a problem that needs to be corrected. Now don't get me wrong. God does that. He disciplines the ones He loves. He convicts us, absolutely. He draws us into those things. But... We have a tendency, I believe, and this is my story, to live in a place where that's all we hear from God. That is the only thing that we hear from God is correction and direction and conviction. And it's like we're just waiting for Him. It's like, I don't want to hear God's voice because <laughs> He's just going to tell me I'm doing something wrong, you know? And like that picture, you know, people talk about, oh, the picture of God just waiting with a hammer until you make a mistake or shooting a bolt of lightning at you or whatever. But I think we actually have conditioned ourselves to only know God like that. And I want to propose to you today that actually God wants to speak to us Uh, heart-to-heart in conversation way more than he wants to give us correction. So let me use an example. So in Sarah and my relationship, just imagine that all I said to Sarah was, man, when you talk to that person, you really screwed up. You really should go to that person and repent. You you need to, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, if all I'm speaking to her and the basis of our relationship is me giving her direction or correction? Where is this marriage going to go? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but when, when Sarah and I communicate, we talk about our day. We share what's happened in our hearts. We've shared what hurt us. 
What was difficult for us? What was great? What, you know, the, what, what made, gave us joy and happiness? And, and we share that with each other. And we also encourage each other. We also say, man, I just love you. I just love you deeply. You were the one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing uh, in this world that's going to separate us. I, I just love being with you. Mm-hmm. I love spending time with you. I do. And I really believe that God wants to transition us from only hearing correction, direction, conviction to hearing those words, to hearing His heart for us. And and I propose to you that that's what God wants to do more. He actually wants those kind of conversations more than He wants to address the issues in our lives. He wants to do that more. We need a Romans 12 um, renewing of our minds. Because our minds are good servants, but not good leaders. Our heart's a good leader. Our mind's a good support, but we've, we've, and I'm, I'm, you know, this is me. This is my testimony. Like, this is me, okay? This is, I'm not, it's, 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 it's what God's brought me through. It's just this changing, this sort of intellectual um, ex- expectation. God wants, we don't see ourselves the same way that God sees us. We see ourselves through eyes of our own shame, you know, our own sin, the, the ways that we've screwed up. That's how we see ourselves. But the way that God sees us is quite different. And He wants to communicate to us how He, how he sees us. He wants to communicate. So, um, we're just, we're just going to spend a few minutes kind of toward the end of the service here and just ask God to do that. You guys want that? Like, like, let's just ask God to remove that filter that only allows, you know, you need to change. That only allows that kind of... Sus- I, was looking, I was looking for pictures online of like an a angry king or something like that. And there's this really great shot of this king that's kind of like... Like, I can't do it. Suspicious was the, was the picture... And I'm like, that is how I have viewed God for years. Is like, He's just suspicious that I've done something wrong. And He, he knows it, but He's on it. And He's going to correct me, and He's going to change it. Alright? And again, I want, don't, don't get me wrong. That's absolutely a part of the kingdom. God, is like, God wants to do that. He wants to draw us into holiness. But... I really believe that the focus of what God wants to do is communicate His love to us. He wants to have... We talk about relationship with God, right? We talk about that. But letting it really sink in and actually allowing God to speak those things, actually allowing God to give us those impressions, actually allowing God to give us those pictures. Even just this morning um, in worship, I just... Yeah, you can can go ahead. That's great. Um, I was just... I just, I just had this picture in my mind of God just looking down on me and smiling over me. And like, uh, just like, that is overwhelming because that's not the way that my mind grew up. <laughs> that's not the way that my mind grew up. So let's just, let's just engage with this. You guys want to just stand up if you want to. And, and we're just going to spend the next few minutes here just inviting God 
to, to communicate His love to us. And just, you know, if you're like me, and it, it's been very intellectual relationship, which really isn't relationship at all, but, but there, you know, there's no guilt and there's no shame with that at all. It's like God is inviting us into something that's new and that's fresh. And, and I think one of the biggest things when I'm in the presence of God and I'm, I'm, like I'm feeling it, and I don't, I'm not always feeling it, but is that He softens my heart. Just like the crustiness of life that happens all around. His love, His Father's heart, His Father's perspective just, just softens us to Him. Why don't we go ahead and um, just close your eyes and kind of hold out your hands like you're about to receive something. And um, we're just going to pray. And I'm just going to declare over us and pray over us Ephesians 3. But Father, Holy Father, Father of such peace, Father of love, we ask that you just overshadow us right now. That you would overshadow us with your goodness, with your kindness, and with your love. I pray for each one here who has had that filter on their minds. That the filter of um, having someone who's about your actions and not about your heart would be removed. That the King of Glory would reveal His love, His abounding, unending, deep love over you right now. Just receive his love. Let him show you him smiling over you. He's pleased with you. He's so pleased with who you are. He loves your personality. He's calling out your personality and saying, come be with me. Show me who you really are. Let the beauty of who you are be revealed to me. That's what God is saying. And I put my approval over you in the deepest parts of who you are. I put my approval over you. And I feel like so many of us feel like we've just screwed up and we have so many regrets and we look back on our history and we just feel a sense of shame. And I just feel like the Lord wants to light up our history with his glory and remove regret and remove disappointment and remove just a sense of I have screwed up. He just wants you to know that you have done well. I hear him saying, you have done well. You have done well, my daughter. You have done well, my son. I see you, and I love what I see. If you have that sense of regret or sense of like, you know, I really have messed up in my past, even in parenting or in your marriage, you know, in the workplace, whatever it could be, just you being you, feeling just, I've just completely done wrong. I just feel like just um, letting go of regret, letting go of that feeling of shame, and letting the Lord fill you with His honor. You can actually just give God that sense of regret. 
give God that feeling of guilt. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, the depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I just want to give an opportunity for any of you who haven't known God as your father, the truth that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And if there's a hunger in your heart to know the Father and to know the love of his son Jesus that takes away heaviness and shame and sin, you can come to the front after this and pray a prayer or you can do it in your seat and just ask Jesus to come into your heart. We welcome anyone to do that. And can I just ask the people who went to Toronto to come to the front right now? And um, we're going to be available, make ourselves available to pray. Uh, for anyone who is hungry for more. And if you are hungry for more, just come on up here and let time just be given to you by people who have been given something that they can put into your hands what they've been given. And just let the love of the Father kind of soften you as you come and get prayer. So, yeah, so if you want more, come and receive prayer if you want to just continue to allow just God to soften your heart um, do it and uh, you know it's our hunger God responds to hunger when there's something in us that says God there's more out there I know it. I want it God responds to that so come get prayer we also have a prophetic team that will be available people that have been trained to hear your voice uh, hear your voice hear God's voice for you um, and uh, we'll record that so just bless you all you're dismissed Right. <laughs>
and then he's got like, yeah. like guilt around removing yeah, the filter. Yeah, the guilt, like, oh, I shouldn't be guilty. Yeah, that's good, that's good. I'll try to